everyone. So excited to be joining in this Advent season with you. My name is Brandon Robinson, and today I'm joined by Jason Wheeland, Linda Tokar, Brandon Bathour. Merry Christmas, everyone. I love that. Merry Christmas. Yes, we are the Saddleback Church Spiritual Growth Team, and we are so excited to step into this Advent season with you. Now, with Advent, um, finding hope in this season, what Advent is, it's a season of anticipation, that we're anticipating the coming of Christ. We celebrate that God has come into the world and that he will come again. And to do that, we're going to look through four different words or movements. So the first will be hope. The second will be peace. The third will be joy. And the fourth will be love. And what I love about this season is that it's not about our faithfulness to anticipate Jesus's coming, but it's that God is faithful and is coming to us. So as we step into this Advent season, we can take rest and hope in that. Again, we are so excited to be with you. We're so excited to get into the teaching and reflection. We've got some really awesome things down the pipeline for you guys. Excited to be here with you. Excited to be in the season with you. Hi, and welcome to our season of the Hope of Advent. Really excited to get into this Advent season with you all. This season of, of, of anticipation, right? We are anticipating becoming of Jesus. So what we're going to do to do this, we're going to look at hope, we're going to look at peace, we're going to look at joy and love. But today we're going to really immerse ourselves into this Christmas story found in Luke 2 and think really through the lens of hope. See why it's a cause for hope for us in our life. My name is Brandon Robinson. I'm joined by Jason Wheeland. Really excited to be here. Really excited to get into the season with you. Jason, let's do it. Yeah, so uh, let's start, why not, by diving into Luke chapter 2, and if you're following along, uh, we are going to be reading right now verses 8 through 15, okay? So it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Right, so we get this beautiful picture of this scene of these of these angels proclaiming the good news that we celebrate with Christmas, and that we're going to be talking about through this Advent series. So I want to start by talking first about some unlikely characters in this story. Now there are people that we are very familiar with because we've heard this story so many times. But uh, if you think about the time that this took place in two thousand years ago. They were unlikely characters, and these were the shepherds, right? These were the shepherds. They were unglamorous. It's just this blue-collar, as blue-collar gets job, right? And you kind of have this sense that nobody said, 
I want to be a shepherd when I grow up. It was just right. kind of either, either a family um, line of shepherds or it just became something that you ended up doing, but it, it wasn't it wasn't what people necessarily aspired to. And you get this sense because um, a truth of, uh, about shepherds back then was that their testimony wasn't a permissible in court. They were not even thought of enough to be able to bear witness in court, right? So yeah. that's kind of how shepherds were viewed at the time. You get that look and. Honestly, for a shepherd, there was not much to be hopeful for. They were an overlooked people. They lived on the outskirts. They lived with their animals. They lived in, in, in hillsides and on plains, and they just attended their flocks, and, um, and that was it. They were kind of overlooked by the rest of society, and they were overlooked by Rome. They were overlooked by their own people they were just a, a a people group that were doing this a dirty job and weren't thought much of but that's what brings this so much uh hope that we see in this message yeah exactly you know when we they're they're unlikely characters for sure like they're like you said they're they're blue collar this is at night so we see them they're, they're working the graveyard shift Nobody wants to be out there. No one wants to be like a shepherd when they grow up. Yet what I find super interesting about this is that the greatest announcement in history goes to them first, right? Like you would think um, that this announcement would go to like the chief priest or something and that he would gather all of Israel around and say, our Messiah, Jesus has come. Yet it bypasses all of that and finds himself with an angel with shepherds out in the countryside at night. Um, and what I think is really special about this is for us, right? If we felt overlooked, there's good news that God sees you, that God sees us. And I think being overlooked might be one of those few like universal feelings that we have all at one point in our life have felt from somebody, from something, from our jobs, maybe even from our spouses, from our kid, from, from whatever, from whatever angle, the feeling of being overlooked, I think is a universal feeling, but we see in the Advent season that there's good news in this. And the good news is that God sees us and that good news, this hope is coming towards us. So when I think about this story, I also think just about like starting out the simple phrase, I bring you good news right? That the angel says to the shepherds. And it is good news because wherever we find ourselves, whatever location we find ourselves, wherever we find ourselves, even socioeconomically, wherever, we, whatever, wherever we find ourselves, the good news is that this savior is available to us. This good news of great joy. Um, so if we find, feel like, you know what, time has passed me by. <laughs> I've missed my window. There's good news. A savior has been born to you. Or if it's, we find ourselves in these positions where we're going, how in the world did I get here? I thought, you know, earlier in life or a few years ago, I thought I was on this track and I found myself over here now. How did that happen? Well, the good news is that a savior has been born to you. 
there's hope in this. The hope is that a savior has been born to you. Or maybe you're in a place of pain. Maybe you have wayward kids, or maybe your relationship is strained in your family with a parent, whatever that might be, or maybe a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Maybe you find yourself in this place of pain. It could be a physical place of pain as well. The good news, the hope is that a savior has been born to you. Or maybe it's the exact opposite, right? You're like, no, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm in green pastures right now. I'm in the prime of my life. Everything is working out as I want it to. Everything is working out as it should be. Well, there's even news to that that's good news is that a savior has been born to you, even though you were in a good season, that good season, we don't know how long that lasts. And also, it is not a savior. It cannot give you ultimate hope. Only Jesus can. A savior has been born to you as well. So wherever we find ourselves, we also find ourselves in that place with the good news. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know what your hope is for the Savior. I don't know what you are needing um, hope and saving from right now, everything that Brandon was just talking about. But I, I do know this, right? That this hope that we're talking about, that this is a special hope, because Jesus is hope personified, right? Yeah. Our hope is not in an outcome. It's not in a thing. It's not. It, it's it's not in something that we can't see. It's it's not, it's not in an idea. Our hope is in a person, right? Our hope is in Jesus, right? And there's the big difference as we're talking about wish and hope. There's a big difference between a wish and a hope. Yes. Right, a hope actually has a realistic chance of happening. A, a, a wish can be just kind of up in the clouds. It can be, ah, uh, you know, I wish for this, I wish for that. But hope is saying, no, I know that this is true. I, I put, I place my hope here. Hope is something that you place an anchor into, and that's what's so beautiful about Jesus and about the hope that we get to celebrate in this season is because we can place our anchor of hope in a person, in Jesus. And there's a difference, too, between a cultural understanding of hope and a Christian understanding of hope, because Christian hope moves back towards us, right? Yeah. As it, 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 if we think about hope just in, in terms of the culture, in terms of the world, we can think about things that we you know, hope for to happen, and then we have to kind of move towards that. But what's so beautiful about the Christian hope, about hope in a person, is that Jesus walks towards us also, right? This hope moves towards us. It's effective. It's it's alive. I think it's the only hope that moves towards us. Like right, what you're yeah. saying is, you know, there's a lot of things we can hope in, but to achieve it, for it to be realistic, it's like, well, if I am smart enough, if I can put myself in the right position, if I could just be clever enough, if I can get myself in the door, then maybe this can happen. Yeah. It, but it, the it, Christian hope is the only one that moves this way towards us. Yeah, that, that that's exactly right. And and that's something that we want to make sure is framed this Advent season. Is yes. that we're talking about is it's not just an it's not just a ethereal hope. It's not just out there. 
but it's here. It's present. It's alive. It's moving towards you. It's, it's, it's in a person who loves you. That's where our hope is. So let's go back and take a look again at Luke 2.15, where it says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Right? So when you are filled with hope, you are compelled, like the shepherds, to go and see. Hope is a driving force. Hope leads us. Hope pushes us. And when your hope, as the shepherds did, is, is they heard about Jesus, they heard about the Messiah, and they said, oh, I got to go check this out. I, I, I got to go towards the place of the hope. It, it propels them forward, right? It's this beautiful way of go and see and go and tell. And that's, and, and that's where our hope also is driving us. Our hope drives us to Jesus, but our hope also drives us to go and tell others about Jesus as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the invitation for us today, right? Is to, like the shepherds, to go and see. We've, we've heard this announcement. We know that Jesus is coming. We have this great hope. So the invitation for us is to explore that, to, to go and see it, to, to, to seek it out, right? If it's this hope in Jesus is moving towards us, we can also move towards it. So what I'm, I'm really excited for this next portion, because we haven't um, necessarily done this in the past, but we're going to really try to immerse ourselves in this story and to go and see and to, and to move towards it. So what we're going to do now is going to take the next few minutes, we're going to invite Brandon Bath Hour on. You've seen him earlier on um, in the episode. And what we're going to do is take the next few minutes to kind of take a step deeper and further to go and see and enter into the story more fully. And to do this, Brandon's going to walk us through the story again, but he's going to ask us some questions, create space for us to reflect, and create space for us to really hear from God. I'm really excited about this reflection period. I really believe it's going to be a blessing. You guys are going to love it. Let's get into it. Thanks so much, Brandon. It's wonderful to spend this time learning about hope. Now let's go experience it to take a few moments of just calm to, to reflect on the hope that Jesus' coming brings. So may this be a moment of pause for you, a refreshing reorienting in the presence of the God who is with us. So to start, take a deep breath and spend the next few moments in quiet. If it helps, just close your eyes to prepare for the time ahead and ask God to speak to you what he wants you to hear. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Luke 2, 15. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Luke 2.15 You're just preparing to finish up a night watch over the sheep and let your buddy take over. 
As you lay on some dried grass you've assembled as a bed under the stars, your legs, tired from all the walking, finally get to rest. As you settle, your mind finally begins to wander. Few things show us what we hope for, like the few moments before sleep. Even our worries reveal our hopes. What would that shepherd laying out under the stars hope for? Maybe for an easy day on the job? Maybe for the flock's owner to notice his hard work? Maybe that someday he'll be able to sell enough fleece to be able to support a family. But let's be honest, these shepherds' hopes were probably not too lofty. They probably had to do with getting by, surviving today, maybe an easier day tomorrow. Maybe you feel similar. Maybe the hope that sets your direction and drives your actions is mostly about getting by today then maybe getting through tomorrow without too much trouble. Maybe your thoughts before sleep are just about the tasks tomorrow, or that conversation at work, or an issue with that friend, or the bank account. As the shepherd's eyes begin to close and his consciousness fade, something amazing happened. Something that captures the heart of Advent, the surprising reality of God arriving in our world. Bright light, loud sounds, the sheep probably up and darted in fear. Imagine the shadows dancing around on the grassy ground as the light beamed out in the dark night. Heaven suddenly collided with earth, and like the shepherd's eyes, the connection between these two realities was wide open. Jesus had arrived. Jesus is arriving. This news, this collision, changed everything and changes everything. The shepherd was no longer thinking about tomorrow's tasks of finding new pasture or shearing that sheep's wool, hoping for an easy day. No, the whole agenda has suddenly dissolved. A new agenda was in place glory to God in heaven and peace on earth. Good news that causes great joy for all peoples. The prophesied Messiah, this saving hero, is here and his agenda is to set everything right, to fix everything, to initiate a new era of love and joy and peace through a new people. This, in that moment, became the shepherd's hope. Whatever lesser hopes previously filled his mind and heart were quickly dwarfed by this collision with heaven. Everyone hopes. The question is, what do you hope for? Spend some time in quiet with the one who has arrived. Begin by reflecting on what really shapes your hopes. Is it really that God can set everything right through the power of Jesus? Or are your hopes choked out by lesser hopes? Hopes for an easier day tomorrow? Hopes for more stuff? Hopes for people's approval? Hopes for survival? What would it be like to be animated by the hope of the redemption and restoration of the people around you 
yourself included. Restoration and healing of relationships and lives and communities. Take some time to ask, what do I hope for? Then ask God, based on this collision of heaven and earth 2,000 years ago, what should I be hoping for? The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Luke 2.15 The great thing about hope is that it isn't just some mental, thought-based thing. This isn't Disney telling you that if you just believe hard enough, if you wish upon a star, that your dreams will come true. The arrival of Jesus, the divine interruption into the shepherds' lives and into this world is a reminder that our dreams, our wishes, are often far too small. The great thing about letting God shape our hopes is that God will far outdo anything we can ask for or even imagine. The hope for this Savior, the hope that this good news was true, caused the shepherds to drop their plans and agendas and say to each other, let's go see. Let's go to Bethlehem to see what God was talking about. See, hope changes our behaviors, our agendas. Our hope is a map. It sets our destination and direction. But our hope is also an engine. It drives us. Hope is a deeply important virtue for followers of Jesus because it motivates the upside-down, not-conformed, Jesus-shaped behavior that we are called to. It is this hope that drives us to love our enemy, to seek first his kingdom above our own, to live generously and sacrificially even when times are hard. Without hope, these will be impossible things to do. When our hopes are small or worse, wrongly placed, Our actions will reflect that. But if your hope is in God, in this promise, you're going to look really different. See, Jesus-shaped hope isn't about survival or getting by. He is a grand mission to set things right. So, what do your actions tell you about what you hope in? What plans, hopes, agendas need to dissolve away in light of the reality of God's coming near. Take some time and ask God to help you live out the true hope of this season. What would your life look like if you knew you'd spend eternity with your loving Creator and Savior? What would your life look like if you believed that your actions of love to neighbor today would echo somehow in eternity?
What would drive your life if you really believed that Jesus is the hope of the world? Ask God for a hope that would drive you to living like Jesus. God of all hope, open my eyes to the things that my heart should desire. Like the shepherds, may the hope that direct my thoughts and my actions be rooted firmly in you. Help me to let go of the hopes that center around me, for these keep me from the life of vibrant hope you've created me for. Most of all, remind me that I carry the hope for a day to come when there'll be no more tears, no more sadness, no more pain, for you will make all things right. May this hope drive my confidence in what is right and my commitment to offering you what is wrong. Father, remind me of the good work that you began 2,000 years ago that you will carry on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Help me hope for you. Help my hope to be in you. Help me offer this hope to the hopeless around me. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed that. Brandon, thank you so much for leading us through that. I think that's such a beautiful way to really enter into the story, kind of sit with it, reflect, meditate, really just marinate in it and to hear what God may be saying to us. Because I think God has a word that he wants to speak to us, especially concerning this hope. So we want to end the episode on this a commissioning, right? So we've, we've, we've learned about it. We've reflected and sat with it. We want to move through, not just from their heads and with our hearts. We want that ultimately to move through our hands out in the world, out with people. That's the kind of the final movement to embody this hope in the world. So what that is going to look like is it's simply this, to share this hope, right? We don't, we don't have to hoard it. This hope exists in abundance because this hope is Jesus and it's for all people. And because it's for all people, we can share it with others freely without having to fear that we are going to miss out. So it's simple, it's just that, to share the hope that you have in this savior, in this Jesus, in this good news that has been given to us. Go out, tell it, share it. We don't have to hoard it. It exists in abundance. Hey, I've really enjoyed this. We've enjoyed this. We will be back next week to talk through peace. And we're going to get through all of these words and really dive in, sit with it and marinate in this story. We love you guys. We hope this has been an incredible time of reflection and learning and teaching and hopefully practicing and embodying this out in the world. We will be back with you next week.
If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.